0: You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Today's guest is the incredible Kelsey Murphy. Kelsey helps you redefine success to create a business and life you love. As a business and life coach, Kelsey has worked with Fortune 500 companies like Facebook and Twitter, industry thought leaders like Marie Forleo and her B-Schoolers, as well as celebrity nutritionists, coaches, and other brilliant humans creating meaningful businesses and lives. Her coaching work has been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, Huffington Post, Live Strong, Living Healthy, LaurenConrad.com, and more. (laughs) When Kelsey's not coaching, you can find her hosting the Whiskey and Work podcast, giving her wise and sometimes comical advice on navigating the waters of business, life, and relationships. But on her other card, it might say snowboarder, eater, dreamer, and fresh air addict. Today, Kelsey dives into the meaning of success and how to define that for yourself and how perfectionism and fear of failure can be your biggest enemies. Now, Kelsey clearly has a very wildly successful portfolio with some of the biggest names in the industry. So today, we sat down to talk all about networking, getting your foot in the door, dealing with rejection, and how exactly to pitch yourself. She walks you through her journey and takes you step-by-step through tangible strategies to use as you reach out to work with big names and brands. It's a doozy of an episode. There's pure gold in this one. So let's get to it. But before the cool theme music comes on, I just wanted to really quickly remind you to subscribe if you haven't already. You'll get notified when we drop new episodes and you will never miss a thing. Also, if you wanted to take two minutes to leave us a review, that helps us out so, so much. Okay, I'm done. Cue the cool theme song. Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay.
1: Kelsey, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are so stoked to finally have you.
2: Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. Honestly, it's an honor and I love what you're doing. So I'm pumped to be a part of it.
1: Yes. Okay. I just have to give this backstory real fast for the listeners. We have legit tried to um, have Kelsey on the show and record with her. I think four times now, and every single time, our, our online platform where we record was messing up, or some internet came out, or just like so, like the the life the life just did not want us to be together. And we beat the system, and now we are here together. We have her on the show. We're so excited. So
2: I love. I know. I felt like we were like, are the gods not in our favor? Like, should we continue to? Do- <laughs> do this? Or are we messing with something with the universe? And we're like, no, we're going to do it. <laughs>
0: That's so uh, you guys are listening to weeks and months of determination on our end to make this interview happen. <laughs> so enjoy it.
1: Yeah, it was always with Kelsey. That was with never with anyone else. It was just like on the days that we were recording with her and just like <laughs> yeah. anyways. <laughs> we are excited to have you. So before we dive into all your goodness, first off, introduce yourself to our listeners. And we want to know what did your career pa- career path look like? How did you get to where you are today?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, um, thanks again for having me. I'm Kelsey Murphy. I am a life and business coach. And my path to get to where I am today was... Windy and full of highs and lows and I wish it was like a really beautiful story, but um, it's got some it's got some bumps in it. So I'm happy to share it because I feel like um, a lot of times we see people um, get to where they are and think, oh, man, like I could never get to there. And let me just tell you, I come from a background of... Having no business doing what I'm doing, working at hot dog on a stick like that, you know, like I I can take you to where it all started. But um, today, where I'm at is I get to work with incredible, incredible humans who are um, either starting or growing their business. Um, I do a lot of work with Marie Forleo, and I go in and I help coach a lot of her B schoolers um, when they are starting or growing their business. Um, and then I do a lot of my own work with uh, with folks who want to work directly with me who are, who are usually listeners to, of the Whiskey and Work podcast who resonate with my um, emotional um, self who has a desire to embrace that side and still run a successful business while also going to the zoo every Friday with her kiddos um, and really redefining success and what that looks like for me. Um, and that is really that is really what led me to where I am today. I felt like in the very beginning, I always needed to be um, financially independent. And I felt it like it was really important for me to... I wouldn't necessarily say be successful, but be able to stand on my own two feet. And so after I graduated college, I decided to jump into advertising. And when I say decided to jump into advertising, I literally got a job as like an assistant and then just like climbed my way up the ranks. Um, And I ended up being the director uh, for Nintendo and Elizabeth Arden and GoPro and all these very fancy names. Um, But but again, it was literally climbing my way up the ranks. And probably about a year or two into that job as an assistant, I probably knew that this was not the right job for me. And I feel like a lot of people can resonate with that because a lot of us have probably had a job where on paper, it looks really good. Or the people you're working with are awesome, or the paycheck is really great, or the security is is really comforting, um, and yet you still have that feeling inside you that feels a little off, and and yearns for something that feels a little bit more connected to who you are, or makes you feel quote unquote fulfilled, or like you're doing really meaningful work, and and it's really hard to figure out what that quote unquote, meaningful work would be. So we kind of stay, you know, we we stick around in this job that's pretty good, but not great. And... That's where I was for many, many years. I was in a job that was really good, but it wasn't great. And it wasn't the job that I knew that I was meant to be doing. I just didn't know what was next. And so I, because I didn't know that, because I was fearful, um, I stayed in that job for a little bit too long. And then I started to lose all my confidence in myself and my ability to make really good decisions and my ability to know who I was and operate from that internal GPS that everyone always talks about, intuition, where I was like, yeah, my... My intuition is telling me I just need to show up at the office and get my paycheck. And so I forgot about all the things that made me who I was and made me passionate. I didn't have any hobbies. So I kind of went on this journey of self-exploration and started literally by like going to an Italian class and was like, Oh, dabble in Italian, you know, and then, (laughs) you know, like it wasn't, it was like my goal is to find a job that I love. But at the end of the day, that was so big. I was like, just start, put one foot in front of the other. And like, what is something you've been ignoring and haven't said yes to and haven't taken any action on, you know, and I was like, well, let's go to an Italian class. And so, you know, taking the Italian class ended up introducing me to this whole new family of people, which introduced me to a whole new areas of San Francisco that I was living in that introduced me to like this idea of traveling to Italy that you know and then I I bought a ticket to Italy and I went out there for four weeks and I traveled on my own and with my sister and flew my mom out and I had this whole like ripple effect of adventure simply by like saying yes to one singular class and um, I went through a lot of those kinds of journeys I mean so much so when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do for work I ended up sitting in like like massage school orientations, like looking around being like, this is it, guys. I'm (laughs) going to be a massage therapist. I have found my calling. And then all of a sudden, I'm in this orientation being like, Oh no, I have to touch other people's bodies. like I don't know that I can do that. Like I like I just have so much love and appreciation for all the massage therapists out there because they're doing this incredible thing. But I was all of a sudden in this orientation being like, oh, now that I'm here, I'm recognizing I need to pivot a little bit. So you know, I kept pivoting and trying to figure out what I wanted to do until I found myself at this random free, life coaching seminar um, in a really crappy hotel in the middle of London when I was supposed to be on this like world traveling adventure with my husband. And we just quit our jobs in San Francisco. We bought this one-way ticket. We were bouncing around to these different cities. I'd never been to London. You'd think I would have been on the red bus and I was not. I was in a random, random free life coaching seminar. And I went in and I sat down and felt very awkward. But as soon as they started talking, it was like I instantly felt at home. I instantly felt like these were my people. And we started talking about human psychology and values and beliefs and how those show up in our relationships and how those show up in the way that we speak to people and how that ripple affects into the world. And I was like... Yeah, this is it. Like, this is the stuff I care about. Why are we not teaching this in schools? Why are we not having these conversations everywhere we go? And all of a sudden, I recognize that's the feeling you want. Like, that is the feeling. And so I got that feeling... And from then, started to build my business, right? And then I built my business and um, got one-on-one clients. I started working um, and speaking at places like Twitter and Facebook and going in and doing workshops for all of their employees to help them find their passions. And then that built into helping people find a business they're passionate about. And now, I feel so grateful to have taken that leap and gone to that random class. you know, The Italian class and the life coaching seminar because that is just... The beginning of kind of like following that spark in your curiosity. And it's ended up what has led me down to this road of where now I'm so insanely grateful I get to work with some of the most impressive people in the world and I'm constantly learning and, you know, very humbled. And it's been a really rad, fun, high and low journey.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, Kelsey, you're the coolest. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I don't now I don't want to say anything else because I'm going to ruin this idea that I'm really cool because I've got a lot All of skeletons right, in my closet over I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh you just
0: are inspiring I feel like the fact that you recognize this isn't what i want to do when you were you know clearly successful working with you know big companies and brands in that advertising agency and you were like i've lost my passion for this like i this isn't what i want to do and that confidence to pursue and not give up on what you did want to do and what you were passionate about just like oh my heart is like excited right now like i just feel so excited for like my own future and my own life, hearing
2: just you pursue what you're passionate about. That's so cool. Oh, I, I love that. And I appreciate that. Because let me tell you, that confidence did not come easy. <laughs> it's <laughs> very not natural for me to like have just like, let's just go for it. Let's, you know, like jump off the cliff. Like I'm Definitely not that person. I need to analyze the cliff. I need to look at the cliff. I need to take a couple steps back and realize like I have a lot of self-doubt and insecurities about the cliff, you know, <laughs> until I finally make a very calculated decision to take a little jump off of the cliff and I have like 18 lifeboats like around, <laughs> you know, like the water, like finally I can do it. But um But I I appreciate that because it is a scary thing to do. And I think taking these small steps and having these, you know, listening to these little 15 minutes of bravery and and doing those things, I think can all of a sudden have this compounding effect to create that life. So it doesn't take, you know, like it doesn't take someone that came out of the womb super confident. It just Mm -hmm. takes someone that wants that in their life, you know, and is willing to apply it in these tiny steps.
1: Absolutely. Well, I think that's so relatable too. a lot of people can relate to the exact
0: cliff analogy that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Not right. Oh, so good. Kelsey, I would love to hear. I think you kind of touched on this a tiny bit in your story and kind of your journey. I would love to hear for your students, for just you and your journey and your process. How have you learned to kind of, I don't know, redefine or define what success looks like? in order to pursue or create that business and that life that you are absolutely in love with and passionate about. So maybe just talking to us about success and our viewpoint or definition of that.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a juicy one. Um... (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like um, our our version of success um, that we have in our brains and our heads, it's really influenced a lot by the people we are surrounded with. Um, It's influenced a lot by what we see and what we kind of believe is possible. And so, when I was in my nine to five, I remember kind of looking around for you know, I I hesitate to say mentors, you know, because I feel like that's a very that's a very scary, intimidating term, you know. Like you feel like you have to go like officially and professionally ask someone to um, be your mentor. But I was looking for people that would be like my secret mentors, you know, like people that I would secretly look up to and be like, I want to emulate your life. And I couldn't find a lot of those people um, in the nine to five. I found people that had these incredible personal lives and were like insanely awesome humans. Uh, but then their work lives were super intense, you know, um, or vice versa. People that were incredible at their job, but their personal life was was kind of lacking. And so I I had a hard time seeing the proof out there that you could have this life where you're making... A really great living and a lot of money, but also, you know, showing up for your kids' field trips and, and complete control of your schedule and being able to um, operate, you know, at the level of hustle you do or do not want to operate at. And I say do not because I am a very tight B like to go slow, please let me go spend 2 hours at farmers market in the middle of the day on a Wednesday, kind of person like that. <laughs> that is the dream, right? Like um yeah. when I look at what makes me really happy and I I didn't see that for a long time in my career, so I just really started to believe it wasn't possible. And to be honest, when I when I believed it wasn't possible, there was like a little part of me inside that like died a little bit. It was so sad because it was like a little bit of a dream that I didn't even know that I had was being crushed um, because it was almost like this is just the realities of the world, Kelsey. Like, this is the realities of, of being a woman. Like I realize you're a woman and you want to be a mom. And you like I always kind of wanted to be like a stay-at-home mom a little bit, you know, be able to hang out at home and and, you know, iron my husband's clothes and do all of those things that you could do as like a stay-at-home mom who gets to be this home person that stays at home and takes care of the home and and makes food and has it on the table and you know this this vision but i also wanted this other side of me that i had recognized was really important when i started working of this kind of like independent a little bit of a like a a kind of feminist woman that like wanted to go out and build my own career and do really cool epic things and make an impact in the world and hop on a first class flight to go see my girlfriends and have a glass of champagne and a latte and have my own time you know <laughs> like i have this other side of me that like wanted to be fulfilled too and so I kind of went on a journey to find people that were potentially living a similar life where they could have both. And that is when I started to stumble into the online business world. And I started seeing people that were creating these lifestyles where they could be at home with their kids, but they could also have these thriving businesses, you know, where they were working 20 hours a week and making, you know, five times the amount that I was making. And I had to go not only see them and like find them online, but I had. Had to like go meet them. I'm like, where are you going to be in person next? I need to go meet you. I need to see <laughs> if I can really, really see what your life is like because it looks really pretty online and in Instagram, but I need to know. Like, that was part of my goal with getting to know Marie Forleo so well. I was like, I need to know you. Like, like, how do you respond when like everything goes sideways in your business or there's a really huge issue? And and I will tell you, um, since being and collaborating with her and working inside her business and seeing behind the scenes when things. Go wrong during B school or a big launch for her, the way she responds to her family, the way she responds to her team is insanely amazing. It is inspiring to watch a human who is making multi millions of dollars, you know, and speaking on these crazy stages and New York Times bestseller to handle such difficult situations with so much like love and grace and affirming everybody along the process and putting everybody else in front of her. She's just incredible. And she knows how to take breaks too and to chill and not to hustle all the time. So I needed to go and see that was possible. And once I did, it started to make me believe in this vision and this this vision of success that I think I always had deep down inside of me. And so once I started seeing other people out there doing it, and kind of like, you know, like poking holes in their story and, and finding out if it was true or not. I then started to write down my own vision of success. And I still do this to this day. And I actually do it in what I call a three year manifesto. And I envision what my life would be like in three years if it were the dream life. And I sit down and I close my eyes and I really, you know, I put on some music, usually pour myself a glass of wine, and I start thinking about this life in three years from now. And I, you know, I tack three years onto my age. And I say, okay, Kelsey, this is how old you are in three years. I want you to start from the very beginning, right when you wake up in the morning. Like, what does it look like? Like, what kind of comforter are you in? What's the first thing you say to your husband? And, you know, mine is usually like, I'm in this luxurious, like down, goose down comforter. And my husband (laughs) says like a dirty joke to me that makes me giggle. And then I get up and I make him coffee, you know, or I get up and I turn on some music. So when my kids get up, they're giggling and laughing and dancing versus feeling rushed to get ready for school. And, you know, I have this like vision. And then, I talk about what kind of clients i want to be working with later that day what does my workspace look like you know what does it look like at the end of the week like what are people saying about me like are they talking about how generous i am or they talk you know like what are the things that i really want to happen in three years and then i write it Mm -hmm. all down And then that becomes the thing that I operate off of, like from my business, from how I plan out my week, how I plan out my day, what I prioritize, what's in my morning routine. It's all based off of this really incredible vision that I have decided to take a look at. But I will tell you, I couldn't get to that three-year manifesto. I couldn't write that beautiful vision out if I didn't see people that were actually living that life because I recognized I actually didn't believe that was true until I started seeing the proof. And that's when I was able to write out this manifesto.
1: Wow, there's like so many things that I want to touch on and everything that you just said that that is so key for listeners and I, that I love personally. I love, first of all, that exercise because it's almost reverse engineering. It's like if you're just aimlessly going about your life wishing that you had somebody else's life or wishing that your life looked a certain way, I love that because it's a tangible tool that we can use to reverse engineer and be like, okay, well if I want my life to look like X, then I have to do, I have to reverse engineer that to make steps today to work in that direction. So I love that. You And then secondly, I love that you touched on that, that balance between wanting to have almost those stay at home mom qualities of, I want to make dinner. I want to be with my kids. I want to have the flexibility to work with them during the day if I want, but also recognizing that a lot of women do have that that innate desire in them to be a boss or to like just do CEO things. I maybe mean, not even CEO things, but just to like work and have a career that they're passionate about. And I relate heavily to both of those things. I i always thought that I couldn't have kids because I had that inside me and I wanted to be a career woman or whatever have you. And I think honestly, the, the internet just booming and having online businesses be a be a industry that's just boomed in the last like 10 years has really gave women the opportunity to dive in and have the best of both worlds so I love that you said that and it's true that there is a lot of people out there that are living those lives and it is possible if you want it so I I love that you touched on all of that
2: (laughs) yeah totally yeah you nailed it
1: um, I want to pivot a little bit and talk about some business practical tips from you. I would love to glean wisdom from your brain. So my question is, what are some practical tips for someone just starting their business to get their name out there and just start? Like when they're first starting, what are some practical tips you have?
2: Mm. So, oh, that's a good question too. I feel like when you're first starting, um, we have a tendency to... Uh, so... I tend to be a perfectionist and I've, I think that some of us call ourselves perfectionists um, because our website doesn't look perfect or our about page doesn't look perfect. And really, if we're being honest—and I say this from personal experience—our perfectionist tendencies really are our insecurities, right? Like we're we're really yes, we have a high high bar for ourselves, so we have a high standard, but at the same time, we're also very nervous about the way the outside world is going to perceive us. And especially if you're jumping from one in- industry to the other. I I mean, when I went from being the advertising director of all these fancy names to telling people I was going to be a life coach, I can't even tell you the conversation that was going on with my ego. It was like, what? Like, you just had the coolest job to tell everybody at the bar that like you were doing and now you're going to tell people you're a life coach? Like, <laughs> oh man, like that. that's going to be a tough sell. And it was a tough sell for me. I, I had to recognize I had so many insecurities around that title because I, I disliked it so much. And... Um, So when I was first starting out, being able to confidently go around and tell people, this is what I do, this is who I help, um, was really difficult for me, not only because I was grappling with... um, how how i wanted to come off and what i wanted people to think but i was also grappling with the idea of being a beginner right because as much as i could run out there and say this is who i help this is what i'm great at this is my expertise i still was a beginner in that industry you know it was mm-hmm. my first few years and i think that sometimes we program our brains to think that um, we are rewarded based off of being an expert in something often because that's how we get promoted right like that's how we make more money like when we become an expert expert. expert, we are rewarded by the outside world. Um which makes sense but I think that when you're starting something new you have to recognize you may not be an expert you know you may not have 10 years of business experience you may not be an expert in the place that you want to eventually be an expert in but you still come to the table with so much value and instead of kind of puffing up your chest and pretending to be an expert like instead of me saying like I'm an expert life coach I had to learn to come to the table and say um, I am I'm a life coach, um, but my expertise isn't in the fact that I've been doing this for 20 years. My expertise is in the fact that I know what it feels like to be highly emotional and to hate that part about yourself and to try to navigate the world with negotiations in a conference room or arguments with your boyfriend um, when you feel highly emotional. How can you do that and love that emotional part of yourself? Recognize that's a superpower. Recognize that that is what makes you compassionate and soul and wonderful, and then show up in those conversations, embracing that part of you in a way that you're really proud of, right? Like I was an expert in that the second I started life coaching, but I was so worried about telling people I, I'm an expert life coach that I forgot about that. I forgot that I come to the table with these expertise already, but that I needed to stop pretending like I was an expert in the life coaching business area until I became one there, right? Until I had enough experience, I'd coached enough, people that then now I can say, I do feel like an expert in the life coach area. I do feel like an expert in the business coach area. But it took me a while to get there. So I, I think that recognizing You have so much value and you have so many expertise and skills and life experiences that you can share just as you are just right now. Like if you can recognize those things, I think starting is so much easier. Like creating content is so much easier. Like sharing that content and getting your name out into the world is so much easier because you're not trying to be something that you're not. You're not puffing up your chest saying, I can solve all the problems of all anyone who comes to me for life coaching because like that isn't what I could do but recognizing even though you have places to still learn you still have some amazing strengths I think that that like is so helpful for people when they're first starting out
0: oh Mm. that is good I think one of the like (laughs) number one questions that I am consistently getting especially right now just with you know everything going on in the world um people are asking, how do I show up? What do I say? How do I serve my audience? What do I do? And I'm like, well, you have so much to offer, you know, offer it, but it keeps coming back to, well, what do I say? What, how do I serve them? What do I, you know, what do I know anything about? And I think Kelsey, just that mindset shift of stop and evaluate you really do have a lot of expertise and knowledge and wisdom and life experience to bring to the table to your audience, to your customers that you're devaluing because you are so familiar with it and it feels second nature to you or it feels mundane or normal. But getting out of your head and almost stepping back from yourself in your own life and being like, what am I really good at? What have I really, you know, nailed down in my business, in my life that I feel other people might be struggling with. Maybe not everyone in the world is struggling with that, but one person is, two people are, and then start talking on that for those people. You're not going to speak to everyone all at the same time, but you do have something to offer. So once you recognize that, showing up becomes way easier. I love that you just said that, Kelsey.
2: (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh, you are. I you're nailing it. I love that so much, and I couldn't agree more. I feel like um, I, I'm getting that question a lot too. Like, how can I show up for people right now? What what kind of content should I be putting out there? Um, you know, it feels very uncomfortable because a lot of businesses are suffering right now, or they're not doing great with the economy. Um, I don't want to come off and you know shout salesy things to them, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know what I can provide for them. You know, like I'm not an expert on, on this entire pandemic and what's going on. And I think that a lot of times, if we can just show up and share our experience, and then share why that experience is valuable, you know, like if we Uh, show up even, you know, like, yeah, you think about the tiniest thing, right? Like, just share what's happening in your morning. Like, if you feel like you don't have something big and like, giant and so profound to share, I would one challenge that because I think everybody does. But think about what you did this morning. Like if I think about what I'm doing right now, I am literally sitting in a teeny tiny closet because my (laughs) toddler is about to wake up and, um, I have a newborn downstairs, you know, that, that I'm sure is being very vocal. Um, and I'm sitting in this teeny tiny little closet, right? Recording this podcast. And I that's a, a a random scenario that may not seem profound or important, but I would challenge everybody to pick one thing that happened this morning, whether it's poured myself a cup of coffee or, you know, woke up at this time and ask yourself, like, why is that important? And if I if I challenge myself to do that, I'm like, why is it important that you're sitting in this closet recording a podcast? And I will say, well, because for me... And you could go any direction with this. But for me personally, based off who I am, my personality, my past, I would say, it's always important for me to remember that you don't need a bunch of fancy things. Like you can do things right where you are. And then I would dig deeper and say, well, why is that important to remember that you can do things right where you are? And then I would say, because a lot of times we're in really crazy situations and we feel like we don't have a lot of control. And we often don't. We don't have a lot of control of what's going on out in the world. But we do have control about what we do you figuring things out and being creative and not taking no for an answer. And when the front door doesn't open, go around to the back. And when the back doesn't open, find a window. You know, like if I really want to share my message and I really want to connect with you guys and I really want to record these podcasts, let me tell you, I don't have a studio. This isn't going to be easy with my two kids at home in the house, but I'm going to find a way to make that work. And I just want everybody else to know that you can find a way to make things work if you really want to, right? And so telling everybody, you can pull a story and a profound thought based off you and your experience and what you care about in the world. You can pull that out of any scenario that has happened today. Most likely, we operate from a place of values. So everything we do is we're doing it because we have a thought, an intention, a value, a belief. And I think just challenging people to recognize what that is and then sharing that with the world. I don't think there can any be anything more special and impactful than that at this time with everything that's going on, you know?
1: Wow. Okay. You are speaking our language. Like that, you just gave the most, the best practical, like example that literally anybody, like everyone, after you listen to that, you have content for days. Content for days. (laughs) Like that was genius. Does Instagram scare the heck out of you? Feeling like you're always struggling to save time on the good old gram while also creating flawless branded professional content for it?
0: We feel you. We have made a special little something just for you. We created a PDF with our top five apps we use in conjunction with Instagram to create smooth, professional content while saving us time and energy. This is a list compiled after years of using Instagram and searching for all the secret pro tools to make our jobs easier.
1: If you've ever wondered, how the heck did she do this? Or how did she make that? It's probably answered by one of these apps. There are little secret sauce to spicing up
0: your Instagram. We use these apps daily, and they've absolutely changed the game for us. So if you're ready to up-level your Instagram and create pro content with just a few clicks, we got you. Head on over to www.theheartuniversity.com apps, and let's up-level that Insta game. That's A-P-P-S, y'all. Did you know that how you choose to package your products can be a game-changer for organic marketing? I know. Cool, right? Listen to this. If someone receives a package from you in a beautiful, branded design, they are much more likely to snap a photo and share about it online. Enter No Issue,
1: a sustainable, customizable, branded packaging company for business owners. No Issue provides everything from customizable tissue paper, stickers, tape, stamps, and a 100% compostable mailer bag to put all of your goodies in. Customizing your product is so crazy easy. Just upload your logo, Choose a design from
0: their templates and colors, or you can upload a finished design of your own. No Issue sent us some of their products, and honestly, we are freaking blown away. It's sustainable, it's high quality, and it's so dang cool to see your brand printed all over your packaging. Plus, it makes your brand look bougie as heck. Like, talk about (laughs) high-end.
1: If you're ready to take your packaging game to the next level, you can use code HEART for 10% off at noissue.co. Happy packing!
0: Oh my gosh. Kelsey, you are blowing my mind just with the way you approach these principles. I uh, would love to hear because a lot of what we want to talk to you about is networking, kind of getting your foot in the door with some, you know, big names and high profile people and all of that. Cause clearly you are thriving at that and have such a skill for that. As we kind of start to talk into that, I would love to hear, do you have like a fun story of how you connected with or got to work with like a dream client, like a big name that you wanted to work with?
2: Mm. Well, I mean, the, the most common question I usually get is like, how did you start working with Marie Forleo? So I'm happy to I'm happy to give that example and how that happened because um, I do think it it paints a picture for my point of view as well as how do you start to work with these dream people you know like how do you get your foot in the door even if you're a nine to fiver you know and you're trying to get your foot in the door at a company or you know you want to get someone on your podcast or you want to get some business with with a an amazing person. Um I would say first recognize who that person is and make sure that person is the person that you really want to be working with. And that seems like a silly thing because you're like, well, of course I would work with Nike if Nike came to me. Like I'm not going to say no to Nike and I'm like this isn't about <laughs> saying no to Nike because I would probably work with Nike as well, but it's about really recognizing who you want to work with and why that is and how that aligns with who you are. Um and that takes a little bit of research like you really want to get to know people and when i was first you know dabbling in this world of online business as as you guys know when you go online and you look at how to start a small business online i mean there are people right and left giving you advice and tons mm-hmm. of different personalities right that are showing up i'm um, all very valuable i mean some not valuable you know like but but a lot of really valuable Different personalities coming out there, telling you completely different ways that you can do it. If you, if you do your research, you know, like I, I mean, I think the ways that you can start a business and monetize that business are like insane. There are so many different ways you can do it now. Um, so to really find people that are doing that in a way that you uh, love and that you respect, and that if you could sit down at a dinner table with them. You could talk for hours and you could, you know, find out everything about how do they operate their business and how do they operate their personal life. Um, I think finding that right fit or the, you know, a list of those people, I always would think about like, who are the people I would want at my dinner table eventually? And you know, having a glass of wine with and giggling all night to doing you know like a full day mastermind in person with them the next day. Like, what's my kind of like dream girls work weekend look like? And for me, Marie Forleo is always top of that list. You know, she was very influential in the direction of my business. And so, when you find that person, I think, or you find that company, I think then you start engaging with them. And that's what I did with Marie. Is I just just uh, devoured her content. I devoured all of her content. I went to any place that I could possibly think of that was connected with her. Any friends of hers that were speaking, I would go and I would check them out. You know, Gabby Bernstein and Chris Carr and Danielle Laporte. I would follow and, and really consume what they were doing. And um, as I continued to do that, I would start sharing some of their work, things that I found really valuable that that also connected with who I was. And I felt really good about you know sharing that that video, that YouTube video out into the world and saying like, Hey, have you guys seen this video for Marie? Um, here's my point of view on it. Or here are my three thoughts about this video. Or hey, go to minute two and a half and let me know what you think. Um, I started doing that, especially before I had built my business really strong or built a really strong audience Um, I was sharing her content because I really believed in it and so I continued to share her content Um, I continued to be involved in what she did and kind of support that from a distance you know she had no clue who I was Um, but then I started to tell people um, about her and one of those people was a like old college friend of mine and she was an editor for a magazine and they were doing a whole big piece on stronger women and they were picking up these incredible incredible people um more like kind of stronger women celebrities all out there you know like Oprah and Gwyneth Paltrow and all these people and um she was like hey like you're kind of involved in that world do you have anyone you would think of and i was like i would highly recommend you look at Marie Forleo. You know, she's got over like 50 million hits on YouTube. She does incredible things with her money for education out in Africa. And um, she's built this really uh, beautiful business where she has a really great balance of being with her family as along with being um, very successful in her online course. So I would check her out. She checked her out and was like, dude, I've never even heard of this chick. Like she looks amazing. And I'm like, I know, right? So she calls her up. And she has her come in to do an interview. And um, I, you know, of course, she called and said like, so thank you so much for introducing me to Marie. I was so happy. If you want to come swing by and grab a coffee with us, come on by. And I was like, well, this is like a chance of a lifetime. Of course, I'm going to come by. So I came by. We had probably a, like a seven-minute coffee, like the three of us in like, you know, the kitchen office. It was nothing fancy or exciting. We chatted it up for about seven minutes. Um, and then she left. And that was it. We we talked, and we didn't even talk about business. We talked about like the women's march and like what was going on at that point. And um, I, of course, followed up. Uh, about like 17 times to her and her assistant and was like, hey, that was so great. Hey, if Marie ever wants to go for a walk, hey, I'm going to be in the area. Hey, does Marie want to hang out? And it was always like, that's so nice, Kelsey. But you know, like, no. Um, (laughs) And I just continued to stay in touch and tried to have like valuable things to say. Like, hey, this article made me think of Marie or hey, I'm not sure if Marie's speaking at this thing, but you know, it might be beneficial for her. Like, hey, let me know how I can help. Um, And about literally two years later, Two years later from that time, and so we're we're way far down into my 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 dream person, um, connecting with them. But two years since that coffee, um, she reached out and she reached out and she said, "Hey Kelsey, I've been following what you're doing. I would love to talk to you about coming in and helping my b schoolers." And I was like, "Wow, that was the call up! Like that was the call up!" And and from then, her and I chatted and um, have been friends ever since. And I have helped her ever since. And um, it took it took a long time for me to get this end all be all person kind of into my family and into my group and into my my personal intimate life. But that's the way I wanted it, right? Like I wasn't pushing hardcore. To do something with her from like an external-facing PR standpoint, you know, like I was looking to have her at my dinner table, drinking wine with her, and um, working together, and that was my dream, and that's what I really wanted. And so for me, that that was the way that that worked out with Marie, and, and I share that story because I get that question all the time. I can't tell you like. Like regularly into my DMs, at least once or twice a week, people are like, Oh, I see you work with Marie Forleo. Can you tell me how you did that? And I, so I did an entire podcast on the like long version of that story with like more details (laughs) because I feel like that's really hard and intimidating for us. Like, how are we going to get these dream clients? How are we going to get these mentors that we would love to be with? And I always tell people, like, start by just consuming their content, make sure it's the right person that you want to like to be your mentor, consume everything that they have, and then support it, like support it, support it, support it. They will see you. If you're on their email list, reply back to their email, you know, Mm -hmm. simply reply back and say, Hey, this message really stood out to me. I can't tell you the amount of people that reply back to... I have a large email list. And when I have one or two people reply back consistently, like maybe every, you know, a few times a month being like a one liner of like, Hey, killer email. Hey, this spoke to me. Like, I remember that name. Like that name all of a sudden becomes familiar to me. Like eventually that is probably how you continue to be top of mind for people, you know? So for me, I did that with Marie and it, you know, it it changed everything for me.
1: Okay. Wow. I there's so, <laughs> I like want to unpack that. <laughs> that was so genius. And I even from my perspective of like, like just like you said, if somebody responds to my emails or even like sends me DMs frequently or comments on my stuff frequently, I remember their name. And I'm sure Evie, like you do too. Yeah, yeah. We, we remember that name just like you said. And I I love ev- like sharing that story because it's so relatable, but you just gave everybody tangible, like step-by-step things of like, hey, you want to get your foot in the door? like knock and then knock again and then knock again and if they don't answer go to the window knock oh that door's not open that window's not open go to the back door like that's so helpful and I think your timeline is also really key because a lot of people think okay well I sent them two messages they never responded oh woe is me I'll never be successful I'll never (laughs) hang out with people like them and it's like you hustled your butt off girl you like kept knocking and kept being like hey But then also, I also want to say you kept giving her value. You gave value. You weren't just trying to take, take, take you showed up and you consistently said, how can I help you? Here's something that I can do for you. Hey, here's it again. And eventually that's going to pay off. So thank you for sharing that story that just like blew my mind. I don't know. Evie,
0: do you have anything to add to that? (laughs) I (laughs) feel like, Kelsey, it was just so inspiring. And I think one of the number one takeaways of getting those connections and, and building those connections is not only everything that Lindsay just touched on of like, you know, offer value, show up consistently, put your name out there, but also... Learn that no isn't a failure and it's not always final. And I love that you just showed up and reached out over and over and over and over with repeated no's and like closed doors in your faces. Like you still stayed and like pushed in and pushed through because you knew you had value to offer to her and she was somebody that you wanted to work with. Like it you you knew that it was a reciprocal relationship that was worth the effort and the energy. And so you stuck it out in spite of all the no's. And I think for anyone right now who's wanting to make a connection, wanting to form a relationship, or, you know, get mentored or whatever by somebody that you have in mind as you're listening to this episode, don't take the first no like for an answer. And don't take the tenth no for an answer. Keep pushing in on that and don't give up I just think that's so inspiring Kelsey that you were like yeah I got about a hundred no's before I finally heard a yes years down the road and I think that is something that I just am taking away from that like
2: okay don't stop (laughs) totally absolutely yeah no could mean not right now you know yeah. like it could just yeah. mean not right now and i think that no could also mean like it's not an exact fit yet you know mm. like or or that doesn't 100% align yet and yeah when you show up at the front door and it's 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 not open like show up at the back door with like a plate of muffins you know yeah. and then <laughs> when you find out like they're gluten free like show up at the window with some gluten free cookies you know when you find out <laughs> they don't like cookies show up at the other window with some, like a, you know like and then all of A sudden, like the more you do it, the more you recognize you're going to bring the right value at the right time. You know, like you just Mm want to continuously be. Empathetic to what could be helpful to them? Like, how can I tighten up that pitch? You know, it's the same thing when you're pitching yourself for, you know, different articles or different magazines. I cannot tell you how many times I've pitched myself and gotten no, 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 like like 30 no's in a day, you know? Like, and for me, like, trust me, I'm like an introvert. I'm not a person that likes to go put myself out there. As I said, I'm a perfectionist slash have insecurities. Like, I don't like to get the nose. I don't like to feel rejected. Like I I I am I am in your camp for anyone that feels that way. Like I I resonate so hardcore with that. But when I recognize that every time they said no or anytime they didn't respond, it wasn't no like you're an idiot. You know, it was no it's not right yet and I just yeah. had to continuously say okay how can I tweak this to be more relevant to what they need and so I would continuously tweak my pitches so that they were better or I would look at like hey what holidays coming up do they need content for this or how what kind of content are they producing lately maybe they want something a little bit more lifestyle oriented or they want something a little bit more emotional or maybe they want something a little bit more tangible or business focused or actionable and as I learned that I showed up in a place where they were like, Oh, this person actually genuinely cares about me. This person actually has read my stuff. They know what's going on in my world and my life. It's not just another person showing up the door to like randomly solicit. So, you know, I'm not saying bang down people's front door and then the back door and the side door. It's like bang down the first door to get to know them. Bang down the back door with like the the plate of muffins, then get to know what kind of muffins they like, then get to know, you know, like get to know them. And then eventually they're going to look at you and say, all right, this feels like a good fit.
1: Yeah, I love that. Well, and I think it's because a lot of times people at the top or people that have a lot of success and have a lot of people that look up to them, Everyone's doing exactly what you're mentioning, or at least the first step of what you're mentioning, and so they're obviously going to say no to the masses because it feels like everybody just wants a piece of them or wants something from them. But when you consistently show up and add value, I think that's where it like you start to break through that that first line of people that's like automatic no's or anything like that. Um, but we're also tipping, tipping toeing. That's not the word that I meant. To, <laughs> Tip toeing around around the topic. I think of of worth or fear because I think. When you are getting consistently rejected or you do get no's a lot in your face, you can have that, that fear of self-doubt and just not feeling like you're enough. So I would love to hear your thoughts on just how you deal with self-doubt and fear because um, I think those are some roadblocks that tend to stop people from continuing to knock down those doors Is they they get caught up in the fear and the self-doubt of thinking they're not enough and so then they stop continuing. So what would you say to that?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a really good one, and I think that's actually really interesting. And uh, given the everything that's going on in the world right now, especially because I think a lot of times self doubt and fear comes from operating from a very reactive state. Um, you know, you're reacting to the nose, or you're reacting to how someone else, uh, you know, how they show up for you in a conversation, um, or you're reacting to what's going on in the outside world. And I think that's where we. get Get a little bit tripped up because we can't control how other people are going to react. You know, we can't control when um, another publication is going to shut us down and say no to a pitch that we send to them because we can we can guess as to what it is that makes them say no, but man, they could just be having a bad day or our content could be completely off. And it's the same thing when you're talking to other people out in the world and you tell them, hey, this is my business, this is what I just started. And they look at you and laugh, right? Or they look at you and say, how could you ever do that? That's crazy. Um, yeah, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them and their beliefs and where they're at in their life. And so I think recognizing when we're operating from this very reactive state versus a very like conscious, intentional proactive state and when we come to the table proactively and we have a belief or an intention of how we want to show up in the world how we want to show up in a meeting how we want to show up on in our email and a pitch to somebody when we come at it proactively We can show up and be there and not, you know, operate from this reactive state or not be, you know, so concerned with the way that they are responding to what we're doing because we know how we want to show up. And um, often I'll tell people, like, think about that manifesto, right? Or think about, Um, maybe create or write yourself a mantra or a line that says, Hey, whenever I go in and I pitch myself to people, this is how I want to show up for them. I want to show up. I want to provide as much value. I want to let them know I'm not 100% perfect, but I've got some really great content that has changed lives. Like I would love to provide it for you. If it's not a good fit, That's totally fine. I'm going to move on and I'm going to make sure that I provide that for somebody else because I think it could help someone out in the world. And I think writing that down, having that in front of you, recognize, I mean, write it down on your iPhone, right? Have it on a note. So when you get rejected, you're not responding to that. You go back to the way that you want to show up intentionally and proactively and you're rereading that. And then you can keep going and showing up in the world like that. And I think that when we operate from that very intentional, conscious place, then we stop being so reactive to everything about it around us. And then we stop, you know, showing up like operating out of fear and self-doubt and questioning ourselves and running around in circles because we are now second-guessing the way that we said something. We're now second-guessing the way that we pitched something because it didn't work for somebody else, you know?
0: Mm. Oh, that is good. (laughs) Knowing your vision, your, your goal, your, I don't know, your, I guess your purpose behind what you're pitching and, and what that no means and where to go from there. Like having a game plan, I guess helps Mm -hmm. you keep yourself from taking it so personally of like a personal rejection that I'm an idiot and I'm worthless and I can't do this. It's like, no, this is my strategy and my game plan. And if this door is closed, it's like one of those charts where it's like, if you answer yes, here we go from here. If you answer no, here's where we go from here. Like having that strategy, it's like you follow the game plan and not your emotions of how that no may make you feel. It's like, okay, they said no. Cool. Next step. Like, I love that because it takes that personal, emotional, negative response out of it. And it's like, no, this is my purpose and my vision and my goal for why I'm doing what I'm doing here.
2: Yeah, you got it. And and I think a lot of what you just said there is about preparing for the no, you know, mm. deciding yeah. intentionally how you want to show up in the world when someone gives you a no, you know, like I remember when I when I was so weirded out with the term life coach, I had to literally go through and write myself like little one-liners and scripts for like, okay, how would you show up if someone said like, life coach, that sounds very woo-woo. Like our life coach, <laughs> that sounds crazy. Or even worse, like life coach and then silence, you know, like where, which that's the worst for me is when someone yeah. like <laughs> <just think> someone <laughs> is looking at you like you're crazy or like doubting you in their brain. And like, then you imagine the internal dialogue they're having is like, oh, this person is so nuts you know like that's even worse (laughs) for me so like i had to intentionally think about how are you going to show up in the world when someone challenges you with a rejection you know like what is your line like practice saying it if someone says hey that's crazy um How do you want to show up? Do you want to panic? Do you want to react out of fear? Do you want to be offended? Or do you want to say, that's okay? Like, everyone's allowed to feel the the way that they want to feel. Like, I really believe in this and I'm excited about it, but I'd love to hear others' opinions. Like, I'd love to hear how other people feel about this. It's good for me to be, you know, educated on that. Like, if you're prepared for the no's, if you're prepared for the rejection, you can literally practice taking that on without like internalizing it, you know? Mm, Yeah. That is so good. (laughs) Uh,
0: Kelsey, before we like start to wrap up, I would love to hear just kind of what we're talking about, about self-doubt and fear. I would love to hear your thoughts on that specifically regarding coaching. A lot of people I know are probably wanting to get into coaching or educating, but they're afraid to because they feel feel like they're not qualified enough to teach or they don't have anything to offer. And I know we kind of touched on this at the beginning, but just before we start to wrap up, I would love to hear how do you, what would you have to say to somebody who's listening right now, who is afraid of failure as a coach or an educator and feels like they don't have anything to offer and they're not qualified enough?
2: Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, and I feel like I'm hearing that a lot as well um, with everything. <laughs> I keep going back to yeah. everything in the world. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of new beginnings happening, right? A lot of people are losing their jobs and they're being forced to think about, well, if I have to start over, what do I really want to do? Um, so this conversation is coming up a, a lot. And I would say when it comes to coaching specifically, uh, Often the way that that you will be measured, quite frankly, is how uh, the kind of results that you can get people. So whether you're a business coach or you're a life coach or you're a relationship coach, whatever it is, it's the way that you can get people results. And results can be emotional, right? Like they can be financial, they can be very tangible. Like it's when you get off that call um, and you ask that person, "Hey, was this helpful?" And they can say, yes, this one thing that you said has changed my entire perspective. Or yes, this one thing you said, I'm going to go apply that right away. Um, the results that you can get somebody, you know, like the way that you can make them feel the the benefit that you can be to their life. Like that, I think truly is what shows you that you are a good coach. And the only way to find that out is to coach. You know, the Mm -hmm. only way to find that out is to start allowing yourself to be a beginner, allow yourself to have your first coaching client, allow yourself to get to your coaching client number 10. And for all of them to be good, because you're probably very good. But you know, knowing that you're not going to be epic and the best and an expert till you maybe get to client 50. You know, So allowing yourself that space in the beginning to learn and do whatever you have to do to make that feel comfortable. When I was first doing that, I had to take on clients for free, not because I had to financially or to get my business going. But just for myself, I knew that I needed to take on a couple clients first and prove to myself that I was good enough to charge a certain amount, right? And mm-hmm. as I evolved my business, I took on more clients and I charged more. And as I evolved my skill, I took on more clients and I charged more. You know, that's what you get to do in your own business. And so, whatever you need to do to start that out, and I wouldn't say can, you know, set yourself up to coach a ton for free, um, but set yourself up a goal or a structure to say, hey, at the end of, you know, 20 coaching sessions, I'm gonna see how I feel about either the numbers that I'm charging or the amount of clients I'm taking on pro bono. Um, I'm gonna see what kind of results I can get for people. And um, allow yourself that space to get going because I think then you're gonna get those results that you really want. Then you're gonna get those testimonials from people that are like, I can't live without this person. This coaching is amazing. And that's where your practice will really build. But without allowing yourself that space to be a beginner, to dabble, to test, to figure Mm -hmm. out what you're really good at and where you can get people results, I think you'll never get to that expertise that you want to get to.
0: Oh, Um, I love that. That applies so perfectly to kind of my journey of getting into education and coaching. I had no plans at the time that I got into it to go into education and coaching. I was still relatively new in the photography world at that time and was like, I'm not going to be like a photography educator. Like, you know what? Like, I'm still learning myself. And I went on a Instagram live. I did a takeover for a big like photography account. And that was a an example of me just knocking and asking. And they said yes right away, which I took the risk and what reached out. And then I did this Instagram live and dozens and dozens and dozens of questions were coming in. And I knew all of the answers. And I was able to help like the, the DMS that I got afterwards, like, you have no idea how helpful that was. I've never heard a photographer actually explain that to me before. Like, thank you so much. You like, this is so helpful that I'd never heard that this was incredible. Thank you. You completely changed my business. And that was the click moment when I was like, oh my gosh, I have something to offer. And it was me actually getting into that swimming pool to figure out if I was going to sink or float. And like, I figured out I could swim really well, but I didn't know that until I put my foot in. And it was an accident that I basically jumped into the pool without realizing what I was doing. (laughs) But I love that from a strategic perspective of if you're thinking about getting into coaching, test it out see what the results are, see how you feel about it. Just get your foot in that Instagram live or take on a free, you know, coaching client or work with a friend who's trying to start a business or whatever. Like I, that I've never thought of it from that perspective of, Hey, test it out and see what the results are and see how you feel about it. And then go from there. That's
2: so good. Kelsey. I love that. Yeah, oh, I, I I love what you did. I think that that's, that's amazing, I think. And, and you're talking about jumping into a swimming, swimming pool. Let me tell you folks, the swimming pool is really only about three feet deep. So yeah. you're gonna either sink or flow, but trust me, you're not gonna die. Like, yeah. so, yeah. you know, go on the Instagram live. Like the worst thing that can happen is somebody asks you a question and you go, that's a great question. And I don't know, let's connect after the words, And I'm gonna do some more research on that. Yeah. What a great, what a great thing yeah. to About you know like the the risk that you're taking uh, I think that we have to remember that risk is so small in the scheme of life it's putting yourself out there and it feels so big but remember it's a three foot pool you can you can jump (laughs) yeah (laughs)
1: that's such a good word that's such a good word well Kelsey thank you so much for just sharing your wisdom. For this hour with us, we like I'm so stoked that this interview finally happened. (laughs) You just gave you gave such encouragement and wisdom that I just I know our listeners are going to take so much away. So if anybody wants to follow up with you and check you out, where on the interwebs or the socials can you be found?
2: Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. This is such a great conversation. And I just, I love what you're doing. And especially in a time like this, it's so important. Um, so I'm, I'm super grateful to be here, first of all. Yeah. Um, second of all, I would love, love, love to connect with people. They can come to my website at KelseyMurphy.com or um, come follow me on Instagram, I would say. Um, and when I say follow me, I really mean come say hello in my DMs because I'm a total introvert. So <laughs> um, I really like connecting with people. And that's where you actually will probably get more of the real me. Um, So I would say for anybody, if you heard me on this podcast or you're listening right now, um, come over to Instagram, follow me at Kelsey Murphy and come say hello in my DMs. I would love to chat with you and I respond personally to everybody there. Um, And then if you want to hear more of my um, ramblings of how I started my business and how I manage it with um, two crazy kids, um, you can come check it out on my podcast. It's called Whiskey and Work.
0: I love uh, that name by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Kelsey, you are amazing. Thank you so much for your time and expertise today. You are brilliant and we are so honored to have had you on the show.
2: Thank you guys so much.